episode 112 of Above Ground Podcast with our guest coach Rich Johns, the power of I and I. Disclaimer, the host of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Are you ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit? Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Foley and Timothy Patrick. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 112 of Above Ground Podcast. The power of I and I with our guest coach Rich Johns coming up in a moment. I just wanted to take care of some housekeeping. Please don't forget, uh, we are now on CastBox. Uh, if you listen on CastBox, please drop us a line. Let us know you're listening. But uh, you can find all 112 episodes on CastBox now, which is cool. Uh, we had had a couple people ask us about that, so now that's live, so we're doing that. Uh, we're going to find some other platforms also that I'm looking into right now. But don't forget, you can find the show on all the socials at Above Ground Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr, Above Ground Pod on Twitter. You can subscribe to our RSS feed right to your email, right to your news every Tuesday, I think it comes out. I think the RSS feed comes out a little bit earlier than the actual show. And you can find that at AboveGroundPodcast.net. And you can also continue to support the show. Uh, you can check out CloseKnitCo.com and pick yourself up a CollabX Above Ground Podcast t-shirt or hoodie. And if you like the show, you can make a direct donation through our PayPal link, which you can find in the show notes. With that being said, I am not wasting any more time. This was a great interview. Coach Rich Johns, he is a staple of the 518 area as well as a beyond um his message travels all over the country and his positive mental his positive mental talk about acting with respect always and what's your 99 and and uh, we got into some other stuff but uh, i'm looking forward to this interview i think you will find it very useful there's lots of little gems in there so without further ado coach rich johns the power of i and i on with the show <laughs> Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to another Above Ground Podcast interview. Good morning to everyone. What's up, TPP? How are we doing this morning? Doing all right. Doing all right. How are you? I'm all right, buddy. I'm all right. This morning, we are graced by the presence of Coach Rich Johns. Coach Johns um, is a staple in Saratoga and the 518, but he's beyond that. Uh, he's a, a teacher, coach, speaker, writer. Uh, he does a little bit of everything. And Coach Johns, thank you so much. I, I, well, we said we established that we'll call you Rich. So yeah, Rich, thank you so much for for doing this this morning and and allowing us to be part of your morning on Sunday and taking time away from your schedule to do this for us with us. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, for our listeners who are in the 518, you've probably seen Coach Johns recently on a bunch of the news, uh, a bunch of the news, a bunch of news pieces. He's been on quite a bit. Um, he has a book out 
And he's also um, got a, a great, amazing, like respect program. So coach, could you t- talk to us, tell our listeners if they didn't know who you were already, what it is you do and why it is you do it? Well, I guess uh, the why is a good way to start. Before I finished teaching, uh, I have I was very fortunate to teach a long, a long time, elementary for 26 years. And then I finished up in middle school, both great experiences with the kids. And along with that, I was coaching. And near the end of my teaching career, I think like anyone that's in a business for a while, I guess maybe I became more outspoken, uh, listening more to, you know, when we go to meetings and, and so on. But I really felt that our kids were doing great work and I just wanted them to do more. Something just sort of said, you know, Rich, you're going to leave this profession and what, you know, is there something else there? And, and I had experienced a couple of things with our tennis program. You know, tennis is a sport where you don't have any umpires um, and you play with respect. Unfortunately, many times that doesn't always happen. And uh, our players, I always felt, did that. They knew that you, uh, you, you respect this game. You're humble when you win. Uh, you're humble when you lose. So I went into school my last year. I was teaching sixth grade and I had spent the summer really reflecting on a couple of things that had occurred in the spring. And that was a boys season. I, I was upset because I didn't really step on the tennis court to end a match when I should have, when another player had been disrespectful to my player. Uh, their coach was there and I, they allowed it to continue. You know, it was on a neutral site and my player, you know, he comes off, he wins the match, but I was, I went home upset that I didn't intervene earlier and actually take my player off and say, look, we're not, we're not going to play under these conditions. And so this summer I started to come up with different ways to think about this. And respect has always been sort of at the core of what I've done. As I reflect with kids now that are 60, <laughs> look, oh yeah, we remember. You always wrote the word respect on the board first. <laughs> I don't remember any of it, but they do. So I was playing around with these words and I came up with the different ways and a logo, act with respect always. I had someone design that for me. I went back into school that fall, which would be my last school year. And I looked at my sixth graders and I said, we can do more. What can we do today to make someone else's day better in school? We, we brainstormed and from there it started to grow. Um, I had other kids in the middle school coming into my room. Can I join your team? And uh, that's how it all started. And I had a website designer and the, the key phrase at the top was join our team. And uh, I had this team of kids that just wanted to be good, say thank you or you know, and look at a teacher who maybe isn't really getting to know them and say, thanks a lot. I really appreciated class today, even though it might have taken four times before it might have got a response. You know, we've all been in schools and it kept growing. Um, I got some backlash and it didn't come from the kids, obviously, but uh, of course not. No, no. And, uh, even my principal in my house, he said, oh, this is great, Rich. And I said, yeah, give it time. You see that word respect? <laughs> and about three, you know, a couple of weeks later, I come in, I go, yeah, how's it going? He goes, man, how can anybody not like something about respect? <laughs> so I, uh, the fire started to burn and uh, I knew I couldn't grow and stay in a school uh, and do my work. Uh, schools today, even more so today, want everybody on the same level, doing the same thing, some cases at the same time. And if you're creative, it's like, well, wait a second. You know, why are you doing that? So I left teaching that year. That would have been the spring of 2010. And I got a note from a fifth grade teacher in the fall that next year and asked me if I'd come to her class. And so I did. 
and I spoke to her class. I had some uh, video, which now I look back at and go, man, did I know or not know what I was going to do? But I, I shared my thoughts. And then another class asked me, and before you knew it, you know, it's starting to move. And uh, I had a lady from BOCES, a great lady here in Saratoga. She calls me one day. She knew me from coaching and said, come on, stop in. I got to talk to you. So I go in and she goes, I hear you're doing this really nice thing. Uh, how come you haven't registered with us? I said, I don't know what I want to do yet. You know, so I waited. And as that year came together, I knew that the message was good. As you know, I've seen over what 70,000 people now uh, in person, but the Instagram the communication, uh, we started with that simple phrase, act with respect always. But I always, I think the core of my beginnings are still the core of what I am now and what I want. And that's what I continue to share. So I hope that helps you a little bit and how we got going. Yeah, that's, that's incredible, man. And I, you know, I, I recently heard Jim Carrey say that the, the biggest commodity that we have is the way we make people feel. And you have obviously touched an awful lot of people with your work and it's amazing and it's, it's awesome. And it's, it's great that you're, that you were getting to them at such an early point because so many things can go wrong in that middle school age you know, one way or another that, you know, can change, can alter a kid's life for the rest of it, regardless of whether they understand that or not. So that's amazing. And and we, we thank point. you for making our children better. We thank you for that. Well, thanks. And I always say they've made me better. You know, I've learned so much in the little book that I put together. It just it says, you know, it's my purpose, you know, and, and I realized it when I started going to these you know, uh, Albany State, I get a call. Could you come? And I'm in the car going, they didn't even tell me what they wanted me to share. But I had my, you know, what I wanted to say. And I remember getting a text from the girl that brought me. She goes, um, can you tell us tonight how you can find your purpose? <laughs> I go, oh, really? You want to know? You want that tonight? huh?" <laughs> so, you know, and so I and I ended up going back to speak to the, some of the, that one group at Albany State probably five times and to their banquets, you know, and we may have had a great relationship. But I would learn every step of the way that everybody had different ideas and, and what they what their life's meaning would be. You know, it, isn't that the isn't that what we're really put here to do is find what our purpose is and then fulfill that dharma that that we're, that we, that we're blessed with. Isn't that the idea? It is. And there's a great book, uh, man's search of meaning. Oh yeah. Victor Frankel. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think every high school kid should read it. There's no question. I mean, I, I've gone through it. I've, I've listened to it. I've gone back to read little points. I've listened to his, you know, some of the things he's said and I'll use them, you know, and show his quote, his quotes. I think if, Everybody read that book. I think you realize that um, we are here for a reason. Uh, I used to talk to my sixth graders. I loved um, the Roman Empire and I loved the you know democracy and uh, and I I loved the fact that they were trying to figure out why they were here. You know, and I'd say to my kids, "Why are we here?" You know, and so obviously I was still wondering. And uh, and now we get. I have some students who have, believe me, found that purpose at a really young age, not everybody can find that. Sort of call it the rainbow effect. You know, it's like you're moving along and then all of a sudden it's like, 
wow, this is what I want to do, or this is why I'm here. And things just click. And I know for me, um, people ask me about tennis and I'll, I go, boy, that was another lifetime ago. And, but I'm still involved with it, but I don't see it as what I used to. And so I know now that talking to you guys and uh, others um, helps me, helps, I hope helps others. And that's what it's about. It's about what you can do every day to make someone else's life better. Yeah, it's about wow. service. It's about yeah. service. Yeah. And and that's kind of that's where we start. That's why we started this. Yeah. We started this as a as a service to us, first off, just because it helps us. But then you also realize that if if we're doing this, then we can help other people to to, you know, we can bring the conversations and curate these conversations and we get to talk to awesome people like yourself. You no, know, I, I gotta say, um, I kudos to you, first of all, for doing what you do. And um, like Will said, I think it's it's extremely important to, you know, to kind of capture this at a young, young age. Um, I'm always a fan of putting this stuff in school. Um, but I, I, what you said about, you know, kind of sitting down and brainstorming with them, to me, is one of the most important parts. It's like because most cases you sit down and and, you know, maybe you, the teacher or, you know, someone in charge will will do the brainstorming and, and then tell the, the the children what to do and i think what you what you know in, including them is has, has so many multiple positive effects that you you can't put a price on it you know tim as i was speaking places i was learning you know i brought an extra little backpack said actor respect on it threw some items in it and i'd always would share a story about myself that no one would know and that's a key to pulling this empathy out, right? And that day I just, uh, I said, is there some, I had asked the teacher to be ready. I said, I'm just going to ask you to come up and, you know, you'll, you'll be fine. Don't worry. You know, cause they always worry. What are you going to ask me to say? Right. She comes up and I said, um, I'd like you to share something with the students that, and teachers that none of them know about you. And before she even got words out of her mouth, she was crying. And she was saying how she had been uh, overweight as a young kid. Uh, she was she had been picked on in school um, and bullied. Uh, and I tend not to use that term. I use other terms. But right there, I realized that I completed a circle, this empathy circle. I did it again uh, several. I, I used to do it quite a bit. I went to Herkimer. Oh, my God. I gave. I asked the principal on the way in, I'd never been to the school. And I said, I just want to be able to have a teacher come up at the end. And I gave that, she goes, Oh, he'd be great. So I just gave him the backpack and I, a couple gifts in it. And I said, I'll call you up before I'm done. He goes, well, what do I have to say? I said, I don't know what to say. And so <laughs> this was like the most powerful. And this was before um, they had a cure for uh, really for AIDS. And, uh, he, uh, he comes up and the kids are yelling, screaming. I didn't know what he was going to talk about. And he takes the mic and he's just beginning. And, and he's, he's definitely emotional now. And he's talking about, he said, many of you know who I am. I said, he goes, but you don't know. Uh, and his son, before he could tell the story, come, I didn't know it was his son. The kid comes out of the audience 
and he grabs them and they're both crying and the story hadn't even been told yet. And he went on to tell about his uh, brother who died um, and is buried in the community. Uh, get told, you know, at that point uh, he had AIDS and didn't have, you know, they didn't have the, the ability to, to help him at that time. He said, and this is my son. And we go to his grave every, every week to say hi to him. You know, there wasn't a dry eye in the audience and I was exhausted. Uh, I didn't say anything after I just, I came home. <laughs> I, I laid down, took a nap for like two hours and it took me a week to get, get through it and realize, I think that was even more the point where it said, wow, we have, we have now hit something very important where the kids see themselves like the adult and the adults see themselves like the kids. And I actually went on to a, uh, being, I think it was Kanja Harry. And I was with a, uh, no, the principal comes in who brought me and I had never met him. And he goes, Oh, I met you in Herkimer. I was there the day that, uh, you were there. And he I said, Oh my gosh. I said, was that unbelievable? He goes, it really was. And he's a very good friend of mine, you know, and I, and that's like three years later. And so I think every time we can open this conversation, I started asking the kids and I take it slower. Now I go, well, how many of you just by a show of hands know somebody that deals with a mental health has a, has a situation that's tough. All the, the hands are going right up now. Th and then I'd say, this is a little tougher question. How many of you have ever dealt with depression? Hands started raising. And someone else who didn't have theirs came up. Teachers, right? And so I was beginning to open up this discussion of mental health, which schools sort of hedge on. Uh, I mean, they got websites, they got all that stuff, but none of it really gets to the heart of the kids. And from there, I realized then that, yeah, I can be, I'm going to be more open. And I went directly to empathy. Uh, showed some great stuff on empathy and uh, funny stuff too. Uh, and compared it to, you know, sympathy and they're totally different. But I found then that these kids want to tell you there's what's going on, you know, and, uh, and they want to come up and tell you something about themselves that they've never told anybody. Yeah. That's, I think that's part of it. They don't get the opportunity and some, you know, as we know, every, every kid is different. Everyone's different, but some kids may want to express it more. Some kids may want to do it in a different way, you know, creative through art or whatever it may be. And, you yeah. know, when you, when you, when you kind of, you know, put the cap on things and kids can't do that, you know, it, it can cause, I, I don't know. I did. I I'm, I'm amazed. I love this story. All I needed was one person in that school, one adult to be the power of one, put one quote up there, be kind. Give something makes you feel good, always comes back, recharges your mental health, no question. If you're in doubt about whether someone is struggling, then always lean on the side they are, you know, and just just sit and listen. You know, like you said, the more we listen, the more we learn. How do you keep yourself? How is your self-care regimen for for you, because obviously you are, you even said it yourself, you had to go home and take a couple hour nap. I always ask this of everybody because like as, as people who put a lot of energy out there, it takes a lot out of you. So how, what is your self-care like 
Well, you know, I think each day uh, I'll even suggest to others, you know, take that 15 minute or 15 minute gratitude walk, right? You, by yourself. You, mine, I enjoy walking. Uh, me too. Me too. Yeah. I walk every day. So yeah. And when I'm walking, you know, I'll sort of list in my mind or say it out loud. It doesn't matter <clears throat> what I, why I appreciate what I do. Uh, not even that uh, what's around me. Gee, today, I, oh, I love the way the trees are looking and the sun's out today. You know, you're taking that in and trying to make it real in the moment because what we, we now know that is there is no time, right? Right. Time is an illusion, right? Yeah, it really is. That's good. It really is, yeah. Uh, I, just, I just say, you know what? I look around and uh, I count to the kids. One, two, I'll go three, four, and I'll go, well, that's gone. I said, where are we going now? You know, and uh, it is. And, and so I try to practice what I talk to them about. Um, I try to do, uh, in my mindfulness, it would be just sitting by myself, you know, uh, I don't really uh, put a lot of, you know, if I go for a walk or something, I don't put any uh, music in my ears or anything like that. Okay. Uh, it seems to be, I just soon hear what's out there. We just had a lot of laughs, you know, and I think laughing is a real key to our mental health. And I do have some friends who bust my chops all the time. You know, it's, it is nice to be able to laugh and I understand no one's perfect. We all know that the visible project that you have yes. is, can you just kind of um, give a little bit more like as what, what it is, what you do, what your goal is with it? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's trying to get our kids to know that someone cares for them. They um, not only care for them, they love and care for them. Right. And that there's someone there for you, uh, letting them know that they can connect. So now, of course, it's, it's very simple. I just give my email. If everybody can look in the, at them and remember when they were a kid and be as kind as they can be, oh, my gosh, and get rid of any microaggression that's going on in that school, we, you would have the greatest school in the world. And so eradicating microaggression, and in many cases, macro, right, we can find the bully anytime. That's never a problem. So I never have been a big thing about talking about bullying because it's the same person. He's going to strike or two. They're going to keep doing it. It's usually those little comments that get made in the hallway or uh, said to a young lady or to somebody that, you know, they just don't like or because of your color, who knows if we can eradicate that. So it has to come from somewhere to try to begin to eradicate it. And it has to come from the people that are in control of that climate. You've got to start your day sitting down and, and talking, you know, you, you, how can we, how can we actually implement this change to make it more um, wide, you know, to, to make this stuff happen like everywhere? Well, I don't know, uh, you know, if there's a, there's so many things that come down from the state, right? Federal state. Sure. Sure. And, I remember before I left, I was, I was in middle school at that time. Well, even elementary, I had the freedom to teach whatever subject I needed to when I wanted to. When I was leaving school, even as a middle school teacher, the elementary is like, well, I got to teach language at 1030 to like 1115. I'm going, why? Well, because everybody has to. 
Oh, what about math? Yeah. Yeah. We got to be on page 27, you know, on this day <laughs> I'm going, you're kidding me. And so, and even in middle school, I could see it changing. And I understand even what's going to change in our district and middle school is they're going to for, I don't want to say force, they're going to have blocks now. So the kids have to be in the classrooms, some of them up to 80 minutes or whatever. Now, there's a lot of theories behind why you do this stuff. And many of the schools that started it have changed and gone away from it because probably, and I, I can't speculate, but I could say it was to lock kids down for a long time. So they didn't create any havoc in the hallway on changeovers, you know? Uh, but that havoc is kids talking and usually it's, it's not something really mean, uh, but that's where you step out in the hall, all that kind of stuff. And, and again, engage with them. And right. uh, it takes, it takes work. It takes work yes. on both, on both, on all parties involved. And I think yeah. that may, that might be, I, in my head, that's might be a key. Like they have to do, you know, and when I say they, like the administration teachers, they have to do their share as well. Yeah. There's a, I mean, anybody else say, and you've just used the word, anything that is outstanding takes work. You know, why would I want to be number two in the area? You know, why do I want to be the number three school district? I want to be number one. You know, I want to, I want to bring the best of everything we can, not just in, you know, uh, STEM or all this stuff, because these kids' minds are, they're still developing, you know? So if we can bring this kind of attack that allows them to talk and share and teachers are all on board to see this happen and maybe have a block to start the day engaging, right? And then maybe we're engaging together, right? Maybe that block for engagement occurs uh, with your teacher on Monday and it's Rich Johns. Now it's Tuesday. Guess what? You're going to have another block. You're going to have another 40 minutes to speak with your, your teacher that's teaching geography or English or whatever. So your every teacher gets involved in this openness with different kids. And now creating what happened? Creating yeah. more connection. Yes. Yeah. Do you doesn't think it, it you sort think of drops that, into logical play when you say it, doesn't it? But yeah, we always don't absolutely. think we don't think about it like we're going to make more connections, but we we are, right? It's like, wow. Yeah. Do you get do you do you find do you get some pushback from teachers or schools in general? I haven't the last the last year, I'll tell you before the pandemic, I was so busy. It was like crazy. And um, and what I found is we have some new blood, some new administration. They change. Many will only be there a little while and go somewhere. But the ones with some creativity and heart, they are, you can just feel it when you walk in the building. You know, I could name school after school that I walk in. I go, wow. You know, I go to Stillwater. It's like coaches here, you know. I don't care if I go to see the superintendent or go to see an elementary teacher or whatever. They are so welcoming. So, and I know that the kids, and I can see it through Instagram and all these postings. And now we got a a great superintendent in Mechanicville. I mean, they are doing incredible stuff. And it's not like it's mind breaking or, or, you know, he just knows that if we can connect with every kid about being kind and being positive, the school is going to be better. 
And every day, I mean, they put out something positive, positive, but it's not just they're on video putting it out. I mean, it's not just words coming through something. And but the leader is the key component. That's right. That okay. person, you know, don't just tell us you're a leader. You must be a leader. And so it could be on an athletic team as a coach. Right. We have good leaders. We don't have good leaders. You know, it could be in a classroom. We got good leaders. We don't have good. I mean, this way life is, you know, going to a doctor, sure. we got good doctors, bad doctors. But I'll tell you, I've been in the North Country and the last school I visited extensively was Lisbon, New York. It's a small school with a great superintendent. I mean, he wrote me a note when I left that just blew me away. I mean, he, he was at every presentation I did. And so was the, uh, the lady who had invited me, right? The principal. And it was like, coach, you're coming back. And last year they had booked me. They wanted, they were writing a grant for like three days, you know, and I, cause they wanted me to see every child. Right? They wanted me to go into kindergarten class. I said, it's going to take me time. So it's going to take more time. Said, That's not a problem. If we got you here, we're going to make it work. And I now I've, you know, I'll send them banners whenever they want that, you know, we do things that hopefully keep their interest. You know, we, uh, I mean, if time goes by and I remember, I, I go back to the schools I've been. And if that connection is still there, I'll ship some banners to them, some new banners, just to say, hey, we're still here. And maybe you might like us again or like me come back. And I had trouble booking and keeping them um, la that last year before the pandemic, because I try to see everybody, but if it's North Country, I'm telling you, you come after me, get me early, because after October 15th, who knows what it's going to be like in Potsdam, New York, right? <laughs> I said, I may get up there and get stuck. So Yeah, you may not come back until spring. But you are exactly right, Tim. We have to form as many solid connections as we can. And it can't just come through, you know, um, legislation. None of that can make it work. It comes through the human connection. And uh, so every person we bring in, any new hire, any, anyone, what am I asking them? First question, could you tell me what empathy means? Well, I think it might be, you know, I mean, I want to know, would you tell me that's a, I don't need to give you a hundred question quiz on, you know, what are you going to do in math class? You know, I would like to maybe see a lesson of course, but uh, if they can understand empathy and promise to bring empathy every day, could you promise to do that and look at everyone with empathy, no matter what age they are. So you pass a, uh, someone in the hallway, that's an adult, you know, can you remember this? You can't always, you may not always say hello or whatever, but you never know. Boy, every once in a while, you know, if you say somebody, how's it going? They'll, and they'll start to talk to you, you know, and tell you what they've been through. We did a fundraiser. Actually, we helped with a shredding event here in Saratoga yesterday for a very dear friend of mine who runs a financial planning service. And he said, would you guys come and bring some of your kids? So of course I did. And we, the kids all, they lifted all the stuff out of the cars and all that. But along the way, you know, I was seeing people I hadn't seen in a while. Hey, Mr. Johns, remember me? You had so-and-so in class or whatever. But the first lady I saw told me all about, you know, their backstory and the tough life her and her husband had gone through over the last two years, 
you know, and it really struck him really hard, but they're back on an upswing and uh, I wouldn't have known it unless you shared it. So that empathy piece, we, we have to see him. And I always explain this to the kids that are around me, you know, you know, even yesterday I had a young girl, she's going to West Point next year. And I said, now you see that person over there? You wouldn't know this, but you know, and, and I said, but you can always find out it's to, to say, how you doing today? Or uh, what do you do? What, how do you know? And all of a sudden, you know, you find out whether they have a mom or dad or whether they live, you know? So I think uh, the connections, Tim are huge. Uh, yeah. If I had a magic wand, I'd love to boom. I know I'll go to Lisbon. There's no question in my mind. They're going to call me or write me and I will clear my calendar to go there. And, and I know now the teachers follow me on uh, Facebook. Um, I might get some notes. Uh, there's another school up there, Thousand Island. Uh, I happened to run into a teacher. I hadn't seen her. I didn't even know. <laughs> she came up to me. We were at the Thousand Island uh, Harbor Hotel about three weeks ago. And there's this lady out there with her family. And she comes over to me. She goes, I know who you are. <laughs> she takes her phone out. <laughs> Boom. I got a picture with you and I'm going, Oh, wait a second. Let me see that. And it was a teacher I had that was emotionally touched by a presentation I did at the thousand Island schools. And, um, so I, I met her two daughters, twins, and I, uh, she's written me since I've sent some stuff up to her and she goes, coach, I think it's time we get you back here. You know? So it only takes, there you go. That power one, but she said, I'll never forget how you made my kids feel. And she teaches special ed. So um, that one becomes very powerful. You know, so do, to, you, to accept. Do, you, do you think it kind of starts, I guess, uh, more on the ground level? Because I, I feel like the state and whoever can put obstacles in place that can make it hard for teachers and you know, whoever to do certain things because yeah. they're mandated by certain rules to, to follow, you know, their guidelines. So what, what can, I guess, what can we do or what can like yeah. our listeners do to kind of help or, or make, make this um, one step closer to happening? You're probably hitting it probably right. It probably, unfortunately would have to be something that the state would say, look, we want you to take this much time you know, they want you to do stuff on the Constitution. They want you to do stuff at right certain days. We want you to take time every day, even if it's a half hour, build it in and rotate it through. So all your teachers are connecting to all your kids. Now, we know in bigger schools, it might be harder. Now, I had probably 150 kids that I taught in middle school. But did I get to know them all? Sure, I did. I knew all their names. You know, did I take time? At the beginning of each class, yeah, I did. Now, good, really good teachers will take that time, and they'll do it. They're not going to go run around telling anybody because somebody's going to say, you know, this guy over here, you know, is not starting the day the way I'm starting my. You know, who knows what goes on, right? So I think we have great teachers doing those kinds of things. But can you imagine if it was implemented where others grow too, because as they do it, uh, some who maybe have been afraid to or not sure how to do it. Yeah, you can write a curriculum, but the curriculum is basically this, you know, it's storytelling. Um, 
I have a teacher in South Glens Falls after I did the, I shared the backpack stuff one day and I told him, uh, you know, that's sort of a story. Tell me something uh, no one else would know. Well, she writes me two days later. She showed, she said, well, this coach, I got to show you what I'm doing every morning. So her, the group comes in, she starts it with a backpack, shows a backpack on the screen and tells something about herself that the kids wouldn't know. Then she says, well, would anybody like to tell me something about them? She's opened her whole class in one little lesson, you know? I mean, that's it. I mean, there's so many ways to do it. And we, she and I, we communicate a lot. She's been real, she's a super teacher. And, um, and I think that it takes, it takes those teachers that there are very, there are special teachers. I mean, my daughter, we could go back and she'd name them. You know, she might name five out of her whole career, maybe six. That's a lot, you know. But when you get into middle school and high school, you better be interacting with very good teachers all the time. And not through the academic end. Yeah, we want them to excel. But we got to take that time, like you said, Tim, we got to connect. And if we can connect, then that whole thing becomes better and better and better. I see some great kids here at Saratoga. I'll be honest with you, you know, um, and many, many have a lot, uh, maybe financially material and so on. You know, I joked with one recently, she said, well, instead of a graduation party coach, um, I decided we're going to go my family. I wanted to go to Ireland. I go, Oh, that's nice. I go, you know what I did on my graduation party? Uh, nothing. I think I took a ride to my grandmother's house and all, the whole family got together and she laughed. I go, yeah, uh, you know, and so some are so entitled with other things now, not that they're bad kids, but oh my gosh, get them back down to earth. And if they can do this in, in school, they're going to take that skill through their whole life. So this is a skill through their whole life that we have a potential to teach them. And many are beginning to understand it. I'm lucky because I got a core group that are, you know, writing to me and following this stuff. And, and so I can, they'll say to me, you know, I, I did this. I want you to know I, I, I was a 99. They'll take in one good thing and saying it's a 99. That's great. You know? So they're thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, <clears throat> here's a, here's, I'll share this book. I know that I sent it. Uh, this book's called every day. Now this is for, I use it a lot with, uh, uh, I'm going to say, probably ninth through 12th in, in college. But it's a story about, a, uh, in this case, uh, a, a boy. He, he, every day he's in the body of someone else. So he goes to bed at night and he wakes up. He could be in the body of Justin or, or he could be a young lady. Um, and each day he realizes he can't change their life, but he has to live it. So he sees it through the eyes of that person. And then he goes to bed the next day, that night. And it starts out on page, on day 5,600 and something. And uh, he wakes up in the body of Justin. Now, Justin's a real pain in the, And Justin's mean to his girlfriend. And so Justin, he, she goes to the school and she decides, I'm going back the next day in somebody else's body, which she does. And she meets the girl that Justin's been mean to. And the story evolves around these different people that she becomes 
And it's also a little love story too, but basically it makes you empathic knowing that one, one boy faced being abused um, by, his, by his adult, uh, I think it was a father. And so she had to live it through that day, verbally abused. And then the next day it was like, uh, one day she woke up, she looks at herself in the mirror and she goes, Oh, I look like Beyonce. You know, she was like, Hey, this is going to be a good day. You know, goes to school and finds out she was the leader of the mean girls. She was the one who led everybody else to give everybody else a hard time. And she goes, I couldn't wait to leave her. I didn't want to be here anymore. So it gives you that feeling that everybody, <clears throat> we see everybody differently. Do we want to be kind? We got to be as much as we can, but it definitely puts you in their place uh, and understand that some may, uh, maybe may have addiction with drugs. Some may be battling um, the mental health issue, right? So this book every day was always a good one. I have another, um, this one's sort of a neat one. It's very simply, it's called the a fish in a tree. And the quote is, even a fish couldn't climb a tree if he was asked to, right? It's an Albert Einstein quote. And it's about a girl who ha is dyslexic. And like you said, Tim, you got to find your gift. And her gift was being an artist. But right. she, she hated to go to school because she she didn't mind getting in trouble because they'd send her out of class because she couldn't read. And uh, so it turns out she finally gets this teacher. It was a fifth grade teacher. And he just, he really liked her a lot. And he noticed her skill. And she turns out that she can, she shows how she can draw and she becomes self-confident and uh and that's how that story goes so it's again looking at everybody right and they're all fig they're all uh fiction you know but they're they're pretty neat and they i what i end up doing i i try to dovetail a book into my presentations with the older kids i do it also in elementary when i can and i and i bring maybe 20 copies with me and uh and the kid forces the kids to ask for them, or I might give one out if I see during the presentation, you know, and then that creates a dialogue. Um, and, the, and then also the kids that want one, write me. And that's the only way they can get one. You can't find it on a website. You can't buy a shirt. You can't, if you want one, you got to write me. And so I get these notes and then I mail them, mail, and I'll take my, you know, and I'll envelope and I'll stick everything. I go to the post office. She goes, where are they going today, coach? I say, well, this one's going to, you know, and, uh, and then they get them and they're like, oh my God, the guy meant it. You know, he really meant it. He sent me a shirt. What the heck's going on? Do I owe you any money? No, you don't, you know, but what I did is basically get that conversation going and that connection and you can't put a price tag on it. So people say, yeah, we're a 501c3 charitable organization. And I guess we probably live it more than many. We don't do a lot of fundraising at all. My buddy says, well, when's your birthday next time? He goes, I know I gave you something on your birthday. And I go, it's coming up. He, I said, you better pay attention. Uh, and yesterday, this gentleman, the people that came through were so gracious to us, you know, and they all made an effort to see that young lady at the end and throw something in that, you know, the donation bucket but we have tremendous support from a lot of people. 
corporations have helped us. Uh, I know uh, we still have, it's interesting, we still have uh, groups that when they ask you to put something together, they still don't see us uh, like some of the others because the first question they ask, what event are you having? <laughs> you know, to raise the, you know, and I go, well, it's like happens every day, you know, and uh, so we still sometimes if they don't know us, they don't really get what we're doing. And that's why I really wanted to have the text. We always finish up the podcast with three questions. So yeah. I'm going to let Timmy ask the first question. Timmy looks like have- I, I can't trust what he's going to say. I, I, he, he has that little straight face, you know, it's like, here it comes. You know? no. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying oh, this. Do you, have, do you have a favorite or a least favorite word? I guess kind is probably the most powerful word, kindness. And of course, love. Those two are so powerful. Yeah. I don't know about least favorite. <laughs> Last two years during the pandemic, there's been a lot of words. <laughs> so I don't want to go there. <laughs> I say to my wife, don't use that word again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got to be one of those words. Oh. Uh, the second question is kind of an easy one for some people. And some people look at me like, why are you asking me this? But cat, dog, or other? Are you a pet person? Do you have pets? Are you an animal lover? It'd be a cat. Okay. Yeah, We lost our Miss Moody a couple of years ago. And I'm telling you, it was a tough day, you know. My daughter has two beautiful cats and she's had to put a couple to sleep, you know, and God, I went with her one time, Karen went with her the other time. And you just are so, you get so close. They become a part of the family in a way. They do. And that is a great way to understand this whole concept we're talking about, you know, about being kind and and the mental health thing. They, they ease your mental health if they hop hop on your lap, you know, and just, just love you unconditionally. Yeah, there's science. There's even science behind it. I'm sure. Yeah. So if if you could do something for mental health, or is there something that you would like to see done for mental health as a whole without any restraint? What would it be? I think that you know having this, everyone just opening up this conversation. You know, nothing hidden anymore. Because even when I post something, I get some really interesting. And the people that struggle will begin to open up. And for them to know that there's no shame, there's no shame. And, and we've had to live with that a long, long time. And we haven't broken that through that ice yet. You know, it's still there. And when you finally meet someone that is happy that you're willing to listen and, and talk about it, it just makes a huge difference. Families. Right. I want to know the history. Tell me the history. Did my uncle Bill have, uh, you know, did he fight depression? You know, what happened to him? And that's uh, and I noticed that even I I got it in a letter from a girl who didn't even know her grandfather had taken his own life. His parents didn't even tell him, tell her until later on when she was a little bit older. And she loved him so much. He fought depression. And then she realized she was fighting depression. So opening up to families first, right? Share with family because it's not an oddity. We can sometimes trace it. And I will tell you that I was able to trace that 
two or three of my aunts on my mom's side faced depression. And I, myself, fought an acute case of depression. Now it's been over 20 years. But I was able, fortunately with help, get to the right people and put me back in a good place. And now even when I speak, I'm, I can share that. I couldn't share it for 10 years. I didn't tell anybody. My wife knew. My brothers, they didn't know what the hell happened to me. You know, what's the matter, Rich? You know, but one of my great friends and Peter Curdo from Saratoga Springs and my wife, they dragged me down to the hospital one day and it was like, thank you. And, uh, and only they knew that I had just facing something. I didn't even know my own doctors couldn't even figure it out because I had been with them even 30 years. And he goes, Rich, I think you're, I think you're depressed. Now I think we can see the signs better. We can help each other. And what a huge thing it is. If we can continue to get people to open up, not to say it when someone says, you know, how's your son? Well, I didn't tell you, but he's struggling, you know? Why didn't you tell me? I could tell you how maybe we can help, you know, instead of missing that day. Because, boy, if they make a decision on a day that's not good, we'll never see them again, maybe. I don't like to think that way, but we know the statistics are so high. Very high. Oh, my gosh. We can't pretend it doesn't exist. Right. No, not yeah. at all. You yeah, can't see that that's the whole idea of this podcast was that you can't sweep these things under the rug. And more, yeah. the more we have these conversations in the open where they're not in the darkened room, then the better way off we are. Yeah. You guys are doing great work. I mean, I, I, I picked it up after you sent me a note and, uh, and we need more of that obviously. And, but in this case, the power two can do a lot more than you even think. And, uh, <laughs> To get that out and do it and and really let people know you're there, it allows me to now speak. You gave me a platform that I hope is helpful. But boy, can we get more and more people on board to just speak and say, you're going to be okay. And it's okay not to be okay. You know, it happens. Thank you so much for being here, Coach Johns, uh, Rich. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I wish you all the best. I'm going to share all the stuff in the show notes when, when we put this episode out. Great. Great. All right. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Tim, you're very nice welcome. meeting you on camera today. And Will, well. thanks so much. Oh, you're very welcome, coach. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great day. Okay. Okay. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye now. Wow. Very powerful stuff, man. That was a powerful conversation. Yeah. Very powerful. Awesome. Talk about, talk about uh, walking the walk, talking the talk. We're talking about getting, talking about driving the bus, man. Driving That's a dude. He said the energy bus. I got, I wrote that down immediately. Yeah. Another great interview. So uh, don't forget everyone. If you like what you're hearing, uh, smash the likes, the notifications, all those, you know, leave a review, you know, leave some stars, but uh, until next week, be well, be safe, be a, a bus. bus.